0: Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, hey, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. Now, have you ever heard the phrase, build it and they will come? I'm sure you have. Have you ever actually tried doing that? It's perhaps not as quite as easy as it's made out to be. And certainly in the case of business, it just doesn't happen like that. And that is exactly the issue that we're going to define, challenge and conquer today. How you can actually get a business to market. And I'm looking forward to digging into this one because the tips and the insights that we've got today are absolutely fantastic. I'm really, really looking forward to digging into this. And joining me today to help me with this is a self-professed tech and marketing man, the co-founder of a successful online accountancy firm called init Accounts, and a chap that is from just down the road from me, always a pleasure, Mr. James Poyser. How are you, sir? Yes, I'm good, Mark. I'm very good. How are you? I am good, thank you i am good yeah we're we're only sat about forty five fifty minutes away from each other, which is it's a bit of a change for the show, which is great indeed indeed, super stuff so tell us a little bit about you, James, and tell us a little bit about init accounts as well how how does that all fit together
1: cool um yeah, so uh, as you said so i'm um the co founder and uh, these days marketing guy of um In-E accounts um and we're one of the u k s fastest growing um online accountancy firms for for small businesses. Um, I'll I'll bring you up to speed on that in a second, but maybe I'll just tell you my story of how I got to um any accounts It might put a bit of light onto what we're going to talk about later on. Um, so I um in my early days um I wanted to have a career in IT. Um, I went off and studied computer science, got myself a good job um in a tech-based firm. And the first few months I was there, my brother gave me a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure you're probably familiar with that book. Um, and one of the chapters that really stood out was something that spoke about working to learn um, rather than working to earn. And I was in a corporate doing a job in IT, but I always knew that I wanted to run my own business. Um, so I took this this book on board and decided to switch my career um, and go into marketing. Um, so I was in a pretty good company and managed to um, land a job in the marketing department, um, went back to college, studied marketing, learned all about marketing and product management, um, stayed there for a number of years and learned how large companies with um, talented people do marketing. So I, I learned a hell of a lot over the, the few years that I was there. Um, I decided that I was running out of things to learn, um, so I decided to quit. Um, so I quit, I had nothing to go to, um, and took a, a career break. Um, Went off to Asia, um, and I thought I'd spend six months travelling um, in Asia. Um, and during that time, myself, my brother, um, and another chap had had the idea for Any Accounts, um, and Any Accounts is an accountancy firm for independent professionals. So that's what we call it, but it's basically freelancers, contractors, consultants, um, you know, marketing guys, web design guys. So anybody um, who is a, a knowledge-based worker and works themselves. Um, So we're all in that position um, and thought we'd like to build an accountancy firm for us. And I was traveling at the time and thought it would be a really good place for me to stop and spend some time working on this idea. Um, I'm sure lots of people have heard about the notion of going to Asia and working on projects there because the cost of living is so low. Um, And that's exactly what I did. Um, I moved to China Um, and it was great because it gave me the time to work on any accounts. It also satisfied my thirst to learn. Um so I learned about China and this kind of emerging superpower firsthand. Um learned a bit of Chinese. It's it's still pretty terrible, but um I can get by. Um, and I spent two years there working on any accounts. That's coding, building the websites, getting the marketing up and running. Um, and whilst I was there, the business starts to build momentum and I came home a couple of years later and and here we are um five or six years down the line. Um, and we've got a, a talented team of, team of people behind us. And we're now um, one of the UK's fastest-growing accountancy firms. Well,
0: that's a diverse story to say the least, <laughs> and it's uh, it's an interesting tale. It's amazing to see what people go through to get to where they are today. I, I always find that fascinating, and, and particularly people like yourself that are perpetual learners. I do find that you always seek out the next, the next kind of motivation. It's very interesting because our brains are always they're always trying to soak up new info. It's, it's a difficult thing to to stay on top of, isn't it? Really.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, yes, you should see my bookcase. It's it's full of probably fifty percent books I've read, fifty percent books that I've been meaning to read, and I, I still haven't mastered speed reading. So, uh, it's a difficult Something, something thing. to work on.
0: <laughs> it's a difficult thing to get through the books. It, it really is tough. I always find time a difficult one. I'm a bit addicted to audio books at the minute for the absolutely, you yeah. know, for that passive kind of experience, which I think is, you know is fantastic way to 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 digest them. Yeah.
1: So, I- I love them in the car, but I, I struggle because I, I, if I hear an audiobook, within five to 10 minutes, I've had an idea and I want to write it down, which is a bit frustrating <laughs> in the car. So I tend to listen to about half an hour of an audiobook and then sit there in silence for an hour and a half digesting it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I completely sympathize with that. I'm sure there's many people out there listening that, that is, is very, very similar to that. It's, it's, it's an interesting entrepreneurial spark that we all have that, that allows for that. And I think it's, it can be as much of a a boon as it can a, a pleasure it's a very interesting um line that we that we balance i think with that so yeah extremely interesting and let's just talk about this issue then let's talk about mm. the build it and there will come mentality because yes. you, you've rightly said in the pre-interview chatter this is this is probably the worst piece of advice
1: you can ever take why is <laughs> that so what's you know where's that come from well, I think it's it, it, it's as um, it, your if you've got an idea for a business, um, it, it's so easy to get so wrapped up in the idea and developing the product, the service, and you completely neglect about the marketing and and all the activities that you need to do once you actually launch the business. Um, and this this happened to us. Um, so this 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 um, episode is basically about my my first hand experience. So we we got to this position with any accounts. So we built something that was fantastic. We spent a lot of effort. Ep- building something that was technically stunning, the best of the market, built a fantastic website, turned it on, got everything going and nothing happened. No clients. Uh, and we sat there for weeks, just making sure the website was still working, making sure people were coming through, but nothing was happening at all. Um, and oddly enough, so I first heard this phrase, I, I managed to um, get an interview with a, with a, a very kind journalist. Um, I had a chat with him and he said, well, what, why, why do you want to speak to me? And I, I kind of explained that the Things weren't taken off as we expected. You went, ah, build it and they will come. That will never work. And it was like, ah, thank you. If only I'd known that a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so it happened to us. And I think it's, it's a thing that people get drawn into. You obsess about building that product, obsess about building the perfect business, but you completely forget about your routes to market and actually getting things going.
0: You do really get so bogged down with it. <laughs> I can completely sympathize with you checking to see if the website is working. Yep. We've all done that. Like there must be something wrong. No one's been Absolutely. in touch today. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And, yeah. and it's a very difficult thing as well, I often find, because we're so passionate about these projects and we know very specifically how they can help people. But I often find that yep. even myself, I have a problem just articulating that, that value, the benefit. I have, I have a real problem articulating that to people that have got no idea about the business because we are so involved in it, aren't we? Is that is that something that you guys struggled with? Did you struggle to actually break it down for people?
1: Absolutely. Yes, indeed. And especially um, in the early days, we didn't really know who we were selling to. Um, so here we are a number of years later and we've got a really good idea of what the market looks like. And we understand that there's lots of different people who want to buy accountancy services. And we now, we truly understand that we can't serve everybody, um, and that's quite quite an epiphany to have that moment to realise that you can't sell your service to everyone. Not everybody's going to like what you do, so we figured out who we're going to sell to. We've got a really crystal clear idea of the accountants that are going to like us, or the clients who are going to like us, and the people that we're going to work well with, and we focus one hundred percent on those people.
0: Yeah. It's quite liberating actually to, to understand that you don't have to sell to everyone. And you almost feel like you've had a bit of, uh, like you said, you said, it's, you know, it's an epiphany, but it's kind of validation. It makes you feel all right about yourself because it becomes all right to ignore these other people. That Absolutely. You, just, you know, it, it becomes really liberating. It kind of opens your mind to that. And it rejuvenates you. It gives you that laser focus that I think everyone needs, and it's it, it's, it's so difficult to get past that sometimes. So
1: it is it, it is very difficult in the, in the in the early days though to to turn away clients when things when you're just starting out. The prospect of turning away a client because they're not quite right for you um, is is terrifying. You know, you, you're there in the early days and you need revenue to survive. Um, so you know, we took on clients who weren't right for us, and things worked out okay. But eventually. Um, they found an accountant who was better suited for them. So it, I, I am aware it's really difficult um, when you've got the pressure of trying to make some money um, to, um, to that you can't necessarily p- pursue this purest view of um, selling to certain people only.
0: Absolutely. And what kind of work did you guys do around identifying that potential avatar, you know, that kind of potential person that you want to work with? What parameters did you set? How did you identify them? And once you'd done that, What were the next steps that you took to try and actually market straight to them?
1: Um, So it's all about um, segmentation, um, which is is a concept I'm I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. Um, And in fact, I was listening to was it was it Matt Pollard last month? Yes, uh, in one of your episodes. Yeah, he did a a cracking introduction to um, to segmentation, Um, and it's a really good technique um, for looking at your market and deciding who to to sell to, and that's exactly the process that we've been through here at Any Accounts. And we do it a lot. Um, so in fact, we've, we've just completed it again this month. Um, so it's something that we do on a regular basis just to make sure that we're, we're up to date and understand how the market's working. Um, and basically what, what segmentation is, is you look at look at the market and all the people that you could possibly sell your services to. And what you're trying to do is find a way to group them. Um, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll come to that in a second and give you a few tips on how you can do that. But you're trying to group people together and figure out how attractive they are. And that means how attractive you are to them in terms of your ability to serve them and how attractive they are to you. Um, so that's how much they're going to like your service, if they're willing to pay for your services. Um, and if there's a really good fit, it's kind of like, um, it's like Tinder when both of you hit the yes button, something happens, um, and you're onto a winner and you've got that, that perfect fit.
0: That is quite an interesting uh, analogy because I often find that the fit is something that we don't necessarily consider too much in business. You mentioned it earlier, you know, we alluded to it when we chatted about turning down clients in the early days. Yep. You often, you do just kind of, even if there's such an inkling that you're not quite right for each other, you will often go just with a, oh, well, you know, it's a client, it's a client. and Absolutely. When you guys talk about that fit, very specifically, what hmm. kind of people do you tend to work with and 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 how do you identify those? from the outset. How do, how do you actually go about doing that? Have you got any tools or tactics or systems that you use for doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe if I take you through how we've just done our most recent segmentation, absolutely. Um, I may, maybe bring it to life. Um, I think maybe I will, yeah, yeah let, me, let me take you through that. Um, so basically I say segmentation is something that we do on a relatively reg- regular basis. And most recently, we've we've just done it, and we used um, three main methods for for gathering information. Um, So our our process for segmentation is basically to um, survey and interview people to understand what makes them tick. Um, So it's not just a case of how old are you, what's your income bracket, you know, um, where's your you know your physical location, what industry do you work in, because that doesn't really tell us much about people. So what we're trying to understand more is about people's attitudes, what what they're trying to get from an accountancy service, what the pain points are, what benefits they want to get from getting the right accountant. So these are the kind of details that we want to drill into. Um, So we've got... Um, a number of surveys that allow us to do this. Um, so we have a really quick survey that pops up um, on our website. I'm sure everybody's familiar with these things. They, they pop up in the bottom right-hand side um, of, of websites. And they're a really, really useful way to, to get some quick insight from your visitors. Um, so we run that and just answer, ask a, a couple of questions on there. Um, we use um, Google consumer surveys. Um, I don't know if it, many of your listeners have come across this, um, but it's a brilliant way of um, buying quick market research. So you can ask some questions and Google will put it out to um, to a panel. So it allows you to gauge what's happening in the broader markets. Um, and then finally, um, we've just done an extensive piece of research where we contacted all of our leads. So it's anybody's ever come into contact with any accounts um, and asked them if they'd take part in, in quite a long survey. So it's about 15 questions or so. And that's really trying to drill into understanding what they're looking for, what their needs are. Um, and some of the questions that we ask are things like, um, so we'd ask them to self-identify. We'd say, "Right, how much do you agree with these statements?" From strongly disagree to strongly agree. Um, and some of the questions that we ask are: "I consider myself to be an expert in accounting and tax. I enjoy learning about accounting. Um, I like, I, I enjoy understanding accounting and tax in great detail. Um, or I want an accountant to manage everything for me." So we ask these questions. And it's trying to understand what their attitude is. Because our perfect clients for any accounts are people who are engaged and see um, accounting as a partnership. Um, So we don't look after people who just expect us to do everything. Um, There's lots of accountants there who will look after clients who put those receipts in a brown envelope and drop it off once a year. Our clients aren't like that. We're geared up to help people on a regular basis who want to build their business. So there's a certain segment of people that we're that we can't serve. And there's other people who are really interested in serving because we know we have a really good partnership with them. And that's people who might not have a huge amount of knowledge about accountancy, but have got an eagerness to learn about finance and accountancy um, at, at the right level of detail. So we're not going to teach you absolutely everything, but we'll give you the information that you need to make the key decisions in your business. And we're looking for somebody who it's kind of a halfway house in terms of what they're expecting their accountant to do. So again, it's, it's a partnership. We won't do absolutely everything for you, but we will help you to get all the big jobs done.
0: I like the idea of, of finding people that are engaged or want to engage more with that kind of world. Because it, the interesting byproduct of that for you guys is that you must just enjoy the job a heck of a lot more.
1: Absolutely. It, and it's it's a really good, really good point, Mark, because it's also important for us as business owners to make sure that we are attracting clients who our team want to work with. Um, so here at any accounts, we don't just shell peas. Um, so there's other firms out there and it's just full of juniors who file accounts and that's it again and again and again. Whereas here, we want people to come to work. We want them to be engaged. We want them to enjoy working with our clients. So we kind of need to deliver that to our own staff to make them happy as well, to make sure that we are delivering the kind of people that they want to work with.
0: And just to turn that around then, what, this is a bit of an odd question because we kind of yes. know what the answer is, but what is the benefit of this to the clients? I'm thinking around, you know, accountancy people say, well, you know, an accountant really is an accountant. What's the benefit of this attitude that you guys have got to the client? How does it affect them?
1: Um, yeah, that's, it's actually it's it's a really good question because it, it depends on your attitude. Because some people will be completely hands off and don't want to make any decisions, and they just see accountancy as one of those things that that, that needs to be done. Um, but a lot of other people want to have this partnership and they want to grow their business together. So they will see their accountant as a partner and a mentor, and they will understand the value of bringing an expert into their business to help their business grow. And that's exactly the kind of people that we that we work with.
0: Yeah, the, the the value statement is very interesting because there's there's much more to, I think, any business these days. I mean, accountants is a fantastic example. So many people I talk to just say, well, you know, there are certain things that you can't really change. There are certain industries that can't be affected by this, quote, unquote, new way of doing business. And guys like yourself are proving that that's just it's just not true. It is. It's as much about your client's attitude as it is about your attitude, isn't it?
1: Yeah, indeed. But but on that point of, of, of challenging attitudes, um, so myself and the two other co-founders, um, none of us were accountants. Um, I mean, I, 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 we have accountants now. <laughs> um, we, have, we, have, we have many qualified accountants working here. Um, but the co-founders, we weren't accountants. And the reason we set up any accounts is because we wanted to challenge what accountants did. So in our view, um, they were a little bit outdated. They weren't exploiting technology. And they couldn't give us advice as quickly as we wanted it. They just couldn't deliver the insight that we needed. So that's why we went off and built any accounts. Um, and we went through quite a few business partners in the in the first couple of years. This was accountants who said what we were doing simply wouldn't be possible. Um, because what we do is we give our clients um, an instant view of their tax position. So you log into our software and it'll tell you there and then down to the penny what, your, what the taxes are that you owe. Um, and most accountants do this once a year, nine months after the year end. Um, so it was quite a big challenge um, and we managed to to pull it off and we're, we're doing pretty well as a result. And that um, was all about challenging conventions and doing something that couldn't be done.
0: I love that you guys as co-founders aren't accountants. I think that's really, really powerful because I imagine personally that that just gives you a very objective edge to things. You can actually say, well, look, I'm, I'm more like a user Absolutely. than I am. A service, so that, that's interesting. What effect has that had overall on on, for example, the recruitment side of things? How was it in the early days trying to get someone to work with a, an accountant that didn't have any accountants?
1: Well, well, but by the by the time we came to launch, um, uh, we had we had accountants. Um, so it's more a case of the original gang of three. We developed the the idea for the service and how we would like it to work, and then we went out and found accountants to actually make this happen and bring the technical expertise to the table. Um, but you're absolutely right. So these days, we still see our business through the eyes of users. So, when we sit around our, our table and have our management meetings, we're always pushing to say, right, but what's right for the customer? Let's let's not think about what other accountants do. Let's think about what our, what our customers want. Um, so, you know, names, dedicated people to talk to, the ability to, um, you know, talk to your account manager through email, free phone numbers. You don't have to make an appointment to, to speak to your accountant. Um, the online accounting software's bundled as part of your fee. There's no hidden extras. So all these things that as a non-accountant seem really, really obvious, but in the world of accountancy, it's we were we were heretics. We, we were doing something crazy.
0: That's what I like. A bit of disruption is what makes the world tick. That's fantastic. So James, let's switch gear just a second then. So we are here to define, challenge and conquer the idea that you can't simply build it and expect people to come and start buying from you. So... I know you've put together three actionable tips for the people listening out there to help with this in yep. their own business. So let's dig in, if we may, to the yes. first actionable
1: tip, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing is um, to validate that you can actually reach your potential clients and do it profitably. Um, and I've alluded to, to talking about segmentation. So you might come up with some different segments and you might say, right, well, this segment's absolutely fantastic. We're, we're a perfect fit. But the next question is, can you actually find them? can you reach them, and can you do it in a cost-effective manner? And I really can't stress the importance of considering this early on, because what could happen otherwise is you could build the absolutely perfect service that's a perfect fit for your perfect segment, but it could be like waving a flag. Uh, in an empty albert hall there 's just nobody there to listen to you um, so it 's re- really, uh, a really important process to go through to think about how you can actually research your target uh, how you can actually reach your target audience um, so things that you can do you need to do some research, take a look on the internet, maybe go to trade shows, um, look at industry magazines um, blogs. Um, influential social media users. You know, are there any um, prolific tweeters? People on Instagram. Do you think they're the kind of people that would help you out? And um, also have a look at AdWords. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of AdWords, but take a look at AdWords. It's a good. It's a good research tool. Um, maybe even look at some partner businesses as well. So, is there anybody that you'd have a good synergy with? Um, and just think about ways that you can reach this group of people that, that you'd like to um, sell services to. Um, but it's one thing to consider that, but you also need to think about the cost because it may well be that you can reach these people, um, but if the cost is too high, it's just going to kill your business case. Um, so if you're looking at magazines, find out what the circulation is and how much it's going to cost to advertise there. If you're going to do pay-per-click advertising, figure out the costs and turn that into how much it's going to cost to actually acquire a customer. And does that work for your business case? If you're you know, selling something that's worth 20 quid, 20 pounds, um, but it's costing you 18 pounds to acquire. That's probably a little bit too lean, and you need to, to rethink about that segment and whether it's the right thing for you to do. And um, maybe you could challenge yourself and say, if you were launching a site tomorrow with limited budget, how would you get 10,000 visitors to your site? Um, and that's a good way to uh, to evaluate if you can uh, if you can reach potential clients profitably
0: love that. Really, really good point. And you're absolutely right about defining the idea around, okay, if this is my ideal target, but it's going to cost me too much to acquire that person, trying to pivot on that and trying to move away from that. Because very, very often you can, you can then wonder why you're not making any money, or specifically why the experience for the users is not good. And it's because you've not thought about this kind of thing. So I think that's so important. And let's shift into actionable tip number two, please, sir.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the next part is about um, delivering a razor sharp experience. Um, and this goes back to finding that segment that you want to focus on and be absolutely single-minded about delivering a brilliant experience to them. And it builds on not being everything to everyone. So what you want to do as you're building your business, building your brand, creating your website, even when you're um, looking at your pricing strategy and how you're going to talk to people, Keep that target segment at the front of your mind. There's lots of resources on the internet. Um, so you might want to try taking a look at things like um, uh, personas. It's a good way to start. And try and just put a, some flesh onto the bones of what your, your customer is going to look like. And use that to check everything that you do. Um, so for example, um, I'm trying to think. A couple of segments that, that would be relevant for um, accountants are, um, we have a group called strivers. Um, so these are people who are busy. They haven't got time to learn, um, but they're not particularly interested in hiring an accountant because it may well be that they haven't got the cash to do it. So how can you use that insight to, to reach these people? So it might be that you create some useful content that's digestible. Uh, it's instantly actionable. There's no theory in there. Um, maybe you want to create a program of work that's that's short and effective. Um, and it may well be that you just um, give away the really useful. Pack of basic information to get their, get their business up and going um, on, the other, on the other side you 've got um, a group that we call scholars, and these are the people who absolutely thrive on details and theory and really want to t- dig in and understand how tax and finances work. so you might want to build out more comprehensive resources, a blog that tackles um, more technical issues, and try and build a following that way. Um, but the point is pick that segment and really focus on them and deliver what they need. Um, in real life, it might not be this easy, um, but what you might find is you have a number of segments with some overlap, and what you might find is if you hit one 100%, you might get 80 maybe 70% of another segment as well, and that's a really great place to be.
0: Very, very interesting. The idea around um, that kind of Venn diagram of, of overlap with the segments as well is quite curious because very often in marketing circles, you see... they're they're, they're so very distinct, you know, they, they almost need to a lot of marketers completely different marketing strategies, which is not, not usually the case. So I think that's a really, really vital point as well. Super stuff. And the third and final tip, sir.
1: Yes. And it was something you mentioned at the top of the show, Mark, which is about messaging. Um, and it really is super important to find the right message. If you find the right message, you'll find that your marketing spend goes much, much further. Um, And what a lot of people might not appreciate is messaging has three times more impact than design. So if you think about when you're getting a new website built, how many people invest in getting a copywriter and how many people invest in getting a website designer? My gut feel is a lot of people will write the copy themselves um, and pass it on to a web designer and they'll spend all that money on a beautiful design but they'll have copy that isn't working hard for them. Um, so make sure you go out there and invest in a copywriter whenever you're doing any, any marketing um, work because it will pay dividends. Um, but in terms of actually developing the key messages when you're building the business, there are things that you can do yourself. Um, and what I'll do here is I'll just share one of the techniques that I use on quite a regular basis here. Um, and this is to use AdWords to validate messages and themes. Um, So what I tend to do is brainstorm some ideas for a campaign. So what is it that that people are interested in? Are they interested in something that's going to save them time? Do they want guarantees about quality and service? Do they want predictable costs? Um, So I think about these big themes and I use AdWords to test them. And I'll find a winning theme and I'll take that theme and create some variants and really try and hone into what it is that's appealing to people, test them again, measure it and figure out which messages are really working for me. and The point here, um, for those of you who've, who've used AdWords, what I'm talking about here is not obsessing about all those little cheats like capitals and full stops and the words free and discover and all those kind of things that pull people through. That's not the point. What you're trying to do here is find out some of the more emotive reasons that people respond to your messaging. What is it that makes them tick? And AdWords is a really great way of figuring that out. So you can have this validated list of messages, and then take that on and execute it consistently in all of your marketing materials. And there's, um, there's a quote, and I, I don't know who it is um, who said this, but somebody said that marketing is a game of inches, um, and it's something I absolutely believe in. So find those messages. It takes time to build the brand, so just deliver it consistently over and over and over again. And testing gives you that confidence to carry on delivering that message. And if you don't get results in a week or two, it's absolutely fine. Just keep going and look for the long game.
0: Success is in the consistency. Completely agree with that. Absolutely. Amazing stuff. James, that has been fantastic. Really, really insightful. And most importantly, really, really actionable. So thanks so much for doing that. And just before we wrap it, where can people find you and Any accounts online, please, sir? Oh, it's really straightforward. It's AnyAccounts.co.uk. Easy as that. That's fantastic. James, thanks once again, sir. This has been a real pleasure. Great stuff. Thanks, Mark. Listen, guys, don't forget everything that myself and James have spoken about will be available as usual at excellence-expected.com com. We'll put links to everything that we've spoken about. So if you missed anything, don't fret. Head over there and everything will be there for you. And Whilst you're over there, don't forget that there's an entire range of small business goodness for you, including free ebooks, infographics, and a world of content ready for you to bury yourself in. So just enjoy it, take your time, browse through it. And if you like it, tell a friend. That's the single biggest compliment you could pay. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios.